It's time for Idle Talk from King's Auto Repair in West Reading. Got a question about your vehicle? Give us a call at 610-374-8800 or 888-401-0459. So let's get started with Idle Talk from King's Auto Repair. Here's Tom and Ashley. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. This is Ashley. And Tom. And we're Idle Talk Radio, and we are actually Facebook Live right now. Yeah, you do on, the, on the Idle Talk Facebook page. Yes, and you can only see part of me. Yeah. But that's okay. So if you got a question, you can always go over to our Facebook page and uh, put your question up there on the live video. Too. But we know, we know Tommy's a star of the show, exactly. so it's fine. I'm going to angle it a little bit better. <laughs> Ashley's wearing her Mrs. Claus hat. I have my Mrs. Claus hat. I'm very yep. festive for the season. Exactly. Little, there we go. Yep. Um, so today we're talking about, well, we're going to talk about a couple things. We're going mm-hmm. to talk about autonomous vehicles, which we've ta- talked about previously, yep. just kind of touched on. But we're yep. also going to talk about the over million mile cars. Yes. And it is possible. And we've it, exactly. proven that it is. And I totally forgot that that's what we were, the show was going to be when Mike Faust quizzed me earlier oh, this week. When you went over to Coon? Yeah, when I was over <laughs> at Coon Funeral Home and on there with uh, Mike Faust there the other morning. And uh, he goes, and what's this week's show going to be on? And I'm like, uh, uh. I totally forgot. <laughs> Ashley was working on it. Yeah. Yeah. Throw me under the bus. That's yeah. good. Well, no, it's me. It was my fault. That's good stuff. I messed up. So what? Tell me about what you want to talk about with the autonomous, so, autonomous vehicles. So when we were off last week, I saw an article that said there was a truck that drove from California to Quakertown, Pennsylvania, carrying a load of forty thousand pounds of butter. Butter. Yes, butter. Butter makes it better. It does. Everything's you know? better with butter. Yeah, and I, I was I was listening to. Uh, the nature's garden the other week and mm-hmm. they were they were doing a quiz and they they were talking about some uh, margarine and butter and that and which was better for you I which mean, one I'm, is better butter that's right that's right it's all natural that's right butter that's is right. better so but the crazy thing about this this load from california to quakertown was it was brought here by an autonomous truck but there was people on there were people on the truck correct yes were they there to jump in if they had to? Exactly. Okay. But That's, they didn't have to the whole they time. They didn't have to. And they made the the stops along the way. The, and the like the the government mandated stops they oh, made along the way. Because so, truckers can only drive a certain yep. amount of time. Yeah. Yep. So it was a driver and an engineer. And they drove across the country and they made it in three days from California to here. And they did not have to steer the autonomous truck once. So That's way cool. Yeah. So autonomous vehicles are out there and it kind of Did it look like that weird Tesla vehicle that like the Tesla truck that doesn't have Do you, do you remember the the prototypes that they yeah. were showing with the Tesla truck? Yeah. Not the not the one that looked like a weird you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the, the, like all kinds of bubbles and like uh, radar sensors sticking out everywhere. Yeah, no. This bu- this looked like a regular truck. Like okay, so like a regular. Yeah, it looked okay. like a regular tractor trailer. Okay. They put this company, this company. I'm 
plus AI, they put this, they put their, their, uh, all their technology in this truck and they, they kind of like hit it from view. So you couldn't even tell that, oh. that this was an autonomous truck. Okay. You know, it had a passenger, it had a driver, mm-hmm. but nobody touched the steering wheel. But they were not asleep. They were not asleep. Okay, good. They were not asleep. They, they were, were paying attention. Awake and alert at all times. Exactly. Okay, that's that, good. that, that's a lot of that's a lot of vehicle going down the road. Yeah. So you know you you don't want to make a mistake with that. No, I'm surprised they did it with a. I'm surprised they did it with a um, tractor trailer, and not just like a regular vehicle, because the stakes are so much higher when you do it with a tractor trailer, especially delivering well, things and. Well, I I think they did it with a tractor trailer because they could put a lot of their sensors in it. It's a lot easier. There's more because, room. Yeah, you have all that real estate. True. Essentially, yeah. from you know to to be able to put it in all around that truck, mm-hmm. you're able to put all the cameras in there. If you tried to do it with a car, that's where you see like uh, the Google cars and that. Uh, they have all kinds of like weird Doppler, mm-hmm. like like the, the spinny things round, on top, yeah, the and big the round radar. spinning things on top, yeah, and that. So, yeah. So you know, it it just yeah, you can hide it a lot better in a truck because there's a lot more room. So just like with computers and cell phones and that kind of stuff, the the technology is very large right now, mm-hmm. but it will start to get smaller as you know we're, the the yeah. the uh, cell phones that took up your entire car, so you had to put them into your mobile phone, your car phone, um, have gone down to something that's you know a computer in your pocket. Exactly. So um, eventually that t- technology will get smaller. But how long do you think? What is the projection? for having smaller technology that would make it um, suitable uh, to put I, in vehicles, like smaller vehicles? Honestly, I have no idea. Um, I didn't know if you had I'd, done any research no, on that. No, I actually, you know, it all depends. Uh, if the if their stuff moves like uh, computers did from, from two, the year 2000 to now, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the cell phones now, the smartphones have more power in them than a computer ever did back in, you know, the early 2000s. Yeah. So it it's just crazy it, that the amount of, you know, how they've shrunk everything just down. the knowledge so, and shrinking yeah. stuff. So if it goes like that, it just, it, it'll, it'll be crazy mm-hmm. that this stuff will shrink at like an amazing rate. At a, so. at a at an exponential rate. Exactly. Um, we have Ray Roy on the line from Auburn asking or talking about autonomous vehicles. Hello, Roy. Roy, are you with us? Nope. I think he's uh he's uh he's getting there. We go. I oh, think, there we go. There I go. think we're good now. Okay, Roy. Roy, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi. 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 You are, you are talking about a subject that is near and dear to my heart. <laughs> okay. And, tell you, and I will tell you why. I am 60 years old. I'm a totally blind guy. Oh, right? okay. So I have never been able to drive a car. I've been blind all my life. I've always been in the passenger seat, you know. Mm-hmm. I am waiting. <laughs> I am waiting to have my own autonomous vehicle so I can go out there and go to places I can get in the car and say, take me to my, my favorite place is Cracker Barrel. So I'll <laughs> nice. I'll say, take me to Cracker Barrel in Hamburg, and it'll just take me there and park itself, and I can go in, have my meal, come out, take me back home. 
That's yeah, awesome. Back home. And you know, yeah. you know, we were just saying that that the the technology is going to be exponentially smaller and better. So I think it's sooner than later. So you'll oh, I, yeah. you, you will I'm, you will live to I'm, see the day. I am sixty. Pardon I am me. Sixty, and I am hoping that, I, that it'll be before you know my time on this earth is through. Yes, sir. This will be a dream come true. That is so great. I'm I'm excited for you. I really yeah. am. I think that's <laughs> going to be wonderful. Just have your and it's but it's independence too. I mean, it's not just you know you're probably incredibly independent because you've lived as a blind man your entire life. But this is just another level of in of independence that. that oh, it's very independent. Yeah, and people are afraid of these things for some reason. You know. And I understand the fear, you know, what if you disconnect, what happens if you, if it's disconnected from right. the cloud and mm-hmm. all that stuff and, and all that. But these things will be worked out. I think yeah. I think you're very right about that. I have a level of apprehension, not necessarily fear. So on one of the previous shows, I, I said I said I, I, I had made a comment. I, I'm not exactly sure how I feel about it. But once you voiced, you know, fear, I don't think it's fear for myself. I think it's generally apprehension because we've never experienced it before. We've never done it before. So for for me, I, I'm just I, I, I want to see what it's like. Well, you don't like losing control. Exactly. Right. right exactly. That's, that's... Now, now, you see, to me, an autonomous vehicle has less fewer distractions. You know, a, a person driving down the road, you might be distracted by Billboards, a beautiful girl, uh, <laughs> you know. yeah, all that stuff, you know, all, all kinds of things, man. And an autonomous vehicle isn't distracted by stuff like that. No, That's sir, it's true. not. You're exactly right. You're very it, right about that. So, yeah, it just looks at the facts. It tells. That's right. Yeah, what what junk in, junk out, good in, good out. It tells you where you need to go. So, yeah. I love that. I'm, I think that's, I'm excited about it too. That's a that's a whole new perspective that I never even thought about. So, oh man, I can't wait. I'll it's going to be good right now. It's going to be right. real good for you. Well, well, thank you so much for that call. Yeah. I, I'm so glad you called in, and we will uh, we will wait with bated breath to be able to experience that with you. Yeah. When I get my vehicle, I'll give you a ride. Absolutely. Uh, excellent. Please I do. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, Roy. Thank you, Roy. Bye. All right. So we'll be back uh, just on the other side. with a, We're going to take a little break, and, and we're, gonna, we're going to talk about our Million Mile Car Club. And we're going to talk to Andrea in Sinking Spring. Yes. So we'll be right back. Thank you. And now let's get back to Tom and Ashley with Idle Talk from King's Auto Repair. And welcome back to Idle Talk with Tom and Ashley. Hi. So we're going to take our uh, call from Andrea and Sinking Spring about some seat covers. Hi, Hi, Andrea. Andrea. Hi, how are you? Good. Okay. Uh, The question I have is what effect do seat covers have on airbags? Well... If they have the seat airbag in, a lot of the newer seat covers actually have a piece in them that will allow the the airbag to come out of the seat. But you have to kind of watch which ones you buy. Now, aren't you the okay. smartest person on the planet? I yeah. the airbag. What? <laughs> I was like, what? I'm like, what? <laughs> they're, they're, okay. Yeah, you have to make <gasps> sure that the seat covers that you're purchasing actually okay. will allow that airbag to come out of the seat. So there has um, to be some kind of compatibility, mm-hmm. like, verbiage on the packaging, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely take a look for that. Because if you get, like, a thicker one that's not made for that, I mean, it, it'll it come out. The airbag's yeah. going to come out, but it's not going to, it might not perform the way that it's supposed to mm-hmm. if that seat cover's holding it back. Mm-hmm. 
or it might even rip the seat cover out from under you too. That's Depending. true. Um, that would be a MythBusters. Yeah. Like you have to get on MythBusters. Yeah. I mean, they're not doing it anymore, but that would be actually really interesting. You get on MythBusters and be like, "How does seat covers affect?" Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's a, good, that's <laughs> yeah. a great question. Yeah. Yeah, because I have a, a, a car, an older car, and the seats are pretty beat up, and I was just, you know, wondering about. I don't want to well, worry about getting into an accident and having the 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 uh, airbag, you know, not coming out of the seat because mm-hmm. of the seat covers. Yeah, I would I would definitely make sure like on the packaging it says some has wording on there that says that it'll be okay to use with uh the seat side airbags. because um, that's really like like you brought up that that is definitely a a safety concern yeah. that a lot of people don't think about. Yeah. Look at you. You're just like thinking <laughs> things out, Andrea. I love it. Ma'am, learn to think okay. new things every day. <laughs> Yeah, really. Okay, well, thank you very much. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for the call. Okay, thank take you. care. All right, bye-bye. bye-bye. So we're going to go to Andrew next. Our phone number here in the studio, 610-374-8800. And our 800 number, 888-401-0459. We don't have to talk about autonomous vehicles. We don't have to talk about million-mile cars. We can talk about anything you want because Ephrata, or Andrew and Ephrata wants to talk about trucks. Oh, yeah. Hi. Good evening, Tom, Ashley. Hello. Hi. Um, hey, uh, you were talking about autonomous um, you know, vehicles, and also mm-hmm. particularly, in particular, autonomous trucks. And it, you know, it sounds like a really wonderful thing, but there's also a social cost in this, because right now, you know, you know there's a, a, how many you know, millions of you know, men and women are truckers, and it's one of the few industries you can you know, make a mm-hmm. decent middle-class wage. Uh, without a college degree, and also, I mean, you know, think of it, how many taxi drivers, Uber drivers, Lyft drivers, delivery drivers, um, we're talking about potentially 20 million Americans out of work. That is a a very legitimate um, concern, and what I'll I'll come back with, just being devil's advocate in this whole thing, is there's baby boomers that are retiring at the rate of 10,000 per day per day so and the workforce that's coming in to replace those is not nearly as many as as retiring so there while i don't ever think autonomous vehicles are going to take over not in my lifetime you know not in my generation i don't ever think like completely take take completely take over um there will be more I think available jobs or positions in terms of trucking versus available people willing willing to do that job. I think your 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 area of expertise might have to adapt and change um, with that too. Mm-hmm. Like they might be looking for more people to fix the autonomous part of the truck, right? So those people that were possibly getting the driving jobs might have jobs now fixing that equipment Mm -hmm. because it doesn't take much to throw that that stuff off and it all has to be calibrated and right and has to be gone over i mean you you're really you're very correct in you know in you know people losing jobs and that kind of thing but i think a lot with robots and robotics and and these kind of autonomous items there's going to be a lot there's going to be a surge in the job industry that's going to take a lot of places for people that lose jobs in the trucking industry. And you are a hundred percent right in that, you know, if you wanted something, it's going to come to you on a truck, big yeah. truck, little truck, well, delivery truck, whatever. It's going to come to you on a truck. 
Well, I hope you're right because let's face it, companies, their number one thing, what they want to cut costs, mm-hmm. lose profit, and the number one cost is people, basically. Yeah, and people. Salaries, headcount. Yeah. People, headcount, and benefits. So, um, but I mean, we employ people. We we give benefits, and and it is a it is a huge expense. But without people, we I don't have a business. You know, so yeah. um, I don't I I don't ever th- I don't think the the car repair business is ever going to get taken over by robots. Well, but and you got and some of this stuff too. A lot of it relies on technology that isn't everywhere in the United States. That's very true. A lot of like this this truck ran on major highways it didn't run on back roads it didn't it didn't do other stuff i think there's still going to be a need for people like, i think so too you're still going to need a dump truck a guy driving someone driving a dump truck to... what did the what yeah. did the guys what did the guy say in in caddyshack the world needs ditch diggers right so you know there's always going to be a need to do some kind of there's i think i think there's always going to be a need to do some kind of sh- either short short track driving in terms of, you know, not over the road type of thing or, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of dirt roads in many rural parts of the country. There are, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And uh, the other thing, too, is that I always wonder is about, you know, intersections. You know, how many of us have stopped at the four-way intersection and the guy, you know, <laughs> the ways, you know, go on, go Right, on, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you get an autonomous vehicle, you know, two autonomous vehicles, four autonomous vehicles coming together. It's like a you know, standoff. No it, well, it it's funny you bring that up. I I read an article um, about that. Um, out in Pittsburgh, Google was testing a couple cars and fully autonomous cars where you could get in and you could actually sit in the back seat and it would drive. And what would happen is when it would come up to an intersection like that, and you, and what a lot of people do is they roll through the intersections. Mm-hmm. You know, they never fully stop. This car would not move because people would do the rolling stop. Oh. They never came to a complete stop. <laughs> so this journalist is sitting in there. The car is confused. Yeah, the car got confused, and it, it, it just sat there, and it wouldn't do anything. So it was it was exactly what you're saying, Andrew. You know, four of them come up to a stop sign. They're going to have to figure out which one's going to go first. No, you go. No, you go. No, you. Driving for all the regulations and the rules and the laws, it's ultimately a social experience driving, you know, with oh, uh, you know, yeah. other drivers. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes, very much I mean, so. Social can go both ways. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> or negative, obviously. Yeah. On yeah. Highway 422 and, yeah, you know, we've all gotten certain hand gestures, other kinds of hand gestures <laughs> on on the highway. I've but definitely done that. You know, when, you know, the people stop, they go on, go on, you know, or, you know, just, you know, there's a lot of intricacies that go into the act of driving itself. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah, I don't think this is a, this is a full-on, um, like, solution coming up real soon. There's just so much that goes into this to be able to make this happen. Yeah. It's, that, it's, it's a long time out. I mean, a long time could be 10 years. Long time could be 40 years. I mean, be, before we get to the full on technology. So, but I mean, legitimate concerns. I I can't disagree with you what, what for yeah. a minute. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of concern. I mean, although, you know, DUIs could be a thing of the past, technically. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Exa- yeah. You never know where it's going to take you. They're, you know, slosh drunk inside of a car at home. I, yeah. Take, take me home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Uh, yeah. 
Well, Andrew, we have to take a break, but thank you so much for the call. Appreciate it. Yeah. No problem. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Have a good. All right. So we'll be back in just a few. We're back with more Idle Talk with Tom and Ashley from King's Auto Repair. Hey, we're back. This is Ashley. And Tom. We're Idle Talk Radio. Yeah. Uh, had some great calls this evening. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And then it looks like we have another couple coming in. Yep. So uh, 610-374-8800, our 800 line, 888-401-0459. And uh, we'll be taking your calls. And we're talking about cars that drive that can go a million miles. And it could be anything. Yep. Like an yeah. old Volvo P1800. Yep. You've been dying to talk I about this. I have been dying to talk about this guy. He unfortunately passed away in 2018, but he is just just the dude, the man with the plan. And I'm actually looking up um, his uh, his story. But he bought a 1966 uh, Volvo P1800. And if anyone knows where they are, my cousin Roger had one in parts mm-hmm. in his basement that yep. I wanted to buy, by the way. And Tommy said, no. No, and I should have. I know. See? Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yep. He admitted so, it. Yep. I admitted it. So anyway, he bought, this gentleman bought a um, uh, Volvo in um, 1966. And the story about the the backstory to it is he had bought a Corvair and didn't like it. And he drove it for like three days. <laughs> Oh, and then <laughs> the engine blew in it, like after as he was driving it off the lot. And then he said, "I don't like this." And he bought the Volvo, and he drove it from 1966 to 2018 when he passed away, and it had more than a million miles on it. And of course, I'm not ready right here. <laughs> I'm looking for it. Yep. I thought I'm not going to print all these I, things. Yeah, I'll just follow the just, link. And I can now just put I'm it on like, my phone and follow the link. Ugh. She said. And now it's not working. And it is not working. I think it's the very last one here on my But a nineteen a nine there's a nineteen sixty three Plymouth Fury in this article mm-hmm. from Motor Biscuit. Nineteen sixty three Plymouth Fury that reached a hundred one point six two million miles. That's a lot. A Plymouth Fury. That's a lot. That is fantastic. Exactly. And there's actually a couple of Volvos on this list, yeah. which I think is which I think is hysterical. The older, the older ones are very the solid tanks, cars. Yes. Yeah. So um, the gentleman he had three point zero four million miles on this Volvo. It's a lot. He the, this man is a legend. He didn't, live in, he didn't live in the Rust Belt, did he? No, he lived in. I think he was up in Seattle. And uh, that explains it. But he constantly said, washed from the rain. <laughs> true. But he said his advice, this is from, directly from the article. His advice is many is the same as many others. Follow maintenance guidelines, change the oil, wash your car regular and use genuine parts. In an interview in the Indy Star, Gordon, the man endorsed buying gasoline at a high volume station to keep gunk from building up in the engine. Yep. I think about oh, yeah. that, but I don't actually do it. I mean, I go to a station. I'm like, oh, they well, have a lot of fuel, fuel going through. Yeah, the high volume stations. Uh, when they have a lot of fuel going through, you don't have to worry as much about water getting in the tank and yeah. causing issues because the gas or even stale gas being in there or any sediment issues. that's in the bottom because mm-hmm. it's always it's always moving. And he said, uh, finally, he said to trust automakers over dealers. Do what the manual calls for. So people built the car, wrote mm-hmm. the manual. So, I mean, the the man was a legend, and I just love that he was able to keep this vehicle for so long. And people say, why don't you get another one? He's like, why? 
It's yeah. still going. It's still doing it's exactly good. what it has it's to do. good. So anyway, we have another call uh, from Paul in Reading. Two questions about self-driving vehicles. Paul, are you there? Yes. <laughs> First of all, what is the, the passenger miles per gallon on these, uh, these self-driving automobiles versus the passenger miles for a bus or... Or even, uh, yeah, okay, for, well, the trains would be, probably be, it varies a lot. Yeah. But, yeah. but for but for a bus, what would the, pa- the passenger miles per gallon be? Well, I That's can, a good question. I can tell you on, um, like, a small transit bus, they're downright terrible. Um, I'm, like, uh, like, a like the van body ones, not like your big Barta buses, but like your smaller ones that have that have the wheelchair lifts in and that. Oh, like the E series. Yeah, the E series vans. Yeah. Um a lot of those at at the best they get six miles to the gallon. Wow. At the best they get six miles to the gallon. Wow. I would be w- more willing to guess on how much they run because it, a lot of it's like slow driving through town, so they burn they burn a lot of fuel. They don't they don't go very far and very fast, and they never get into overdrive, where it saves any type of money. Now the hybrid ones get a little bit better, but they're still not they're still not good. So, like uh, going on the bus and that really it burns a lot of fuel. So if there's nobody on them, yeah, it it the the cost is real high. Now, if there's a bus full of people, I would say, you know, you're saving a bunch of money mm-hmm. over the fuel yeah, that they're how, running. How many passengers do those do those miniature buses carry? Well, it depends. It depends they on can, if they put in wheelchair and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Because so you, they, figure at 50, you figure six miles to the gallon, that 15 passengers... Per vehicle, that would be ninety passenger miles per gallon. Mm-hmm. And what what do these self driving cars get? Well, it depends. Um, if they're electric, a lot better. But if they're you know gasoline powered, it it would all depend. But wouldn't it more be more like it was the vehicles actually on cruise control because you know not not speed up, slow down like uh, like a person they would. Ad- they could adjust better. They would. Uh, they would be more. They would probably act more like a person if you're talking about actually, um, like feathering. Feather, the yeah, feathering the the throttle and and giving a little little bit more and a little bit less. They could probably drive more like a human. They're get. It used to be really jerky, okay. But not as not as much anymore. It's getting a lot smoother. Hmm. So, are you? What is your? What is the? What kind of what you're getting up to? I'm trying to figure out what the economic, what the environmental what the environmental impact would be when people would start getting off the buses and start using these self-driving vehicles. I see. Mm-hmm. And now the second question. Mm-hmm. Okay. When people do decide to not to use these self-driving vehicles and no longer use the trains, what's go- what is that effect is that going to happen on the traffic in heavily traveled areas, the Schuylkill Expressway, for example, or the George Washington Bridge. Mm-hmm. What's that going to do when people get off the trains in favor of the of the self driving automobiles? I think it depends. I I mean I wonder I wonder if 
I see what you're saying that that you get rid of, you know, not to go take the train, forego the train for a self-driving or an autonomous vehicle. But at this point, we don't know the cost of any of the autonomous vehicles. And I wonder, it, it, I mean, I, I honestly think that it's, it's far enough away that we can still start, we can plan a little bit better and maybe more of these autonomous vehicles would be electric. So we wouldn't have the, um, the car, the bigger carbon footprint with that kind of thing. And I'm sure you've driven the Schuylkill Expressway during mm-hmm. rush hour, haven't you? You don't drive it. You crawl it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you're, so ma- I imagine You can walk faster, they, usually. Yeah. Yeah. Once they get these self-driving vehicles, it's going to make, well, make things a lot worse in areas like that. Actually, once everything would go fully autonomous, uh, the cars will be talking to one another. So you could actually have it that... Like when someone comes on to merge, the cars will actually make a space and put them in there. A lot of the these cars are like uh, Mercedes Benz. Their cars actually talk to other like your the new Mercedes Benz will talk to other new Mercedes Benz. Do they talk in a German accent to each other? I don't know. That would be funny. probably do. But okay. They, anyway, they but they they actually they actually talk. Noel's from, dying. They actually like will send a signal from one to the other, and they can once those cars are linked together, they can actually start up and slow down together. So like a a traffic jam, essentially, you could get all the cars moving at the same time at once. That is one of their goals. Communicate with each other. So there would be less congestion because there would be less there. People wouldn't be hitting the the brake as much until you get the guy that doesn't have one. That's (laughs) That's true. <laughs> <He's Yeah>. messing <laughs> everything up. <laughs> All right. So, so there for for a bunch of years, you're going to have that kind of that kind of weird stuff going on. All right, Paul. We need to take a break. Thank you so much for the for the phone call and the questions. Yeah, thanks for having me. Sure. Well, have a good day. You. Have a good day. Okay. Bye. And now let's get back to Tom and Ashley with Idle Talk from King's Auto Repair. And w- <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> To Idle Talk, I'm Tom. I'm Ashley. And uh, Noel. The Facebook Noel. Live is great, you guys. Yeah, yeah, we're doing a Facebook Live here, and uh, and I was just trying to spin around. I said to Ashley, I said, "Oh, you know, she wants to she wants to talk about um, maintenance, ma- all all these all these the like high mileage and cars high mileage and everything." And, and, and I I started to show off talking about this uh, this. Uh, this truck that went from California to Quakertown autonomously. Now with, look at look at exactly. Randy. Randy wants to talk about autonomous cars and the Million Mile Club. Well, that's excellent. That is super duper, well, Randy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what can we help you with? Um, I just wanted to offer some comments and observations. Go ahead, absolutely. absolutely. The uh, I don't know the article you're speaking of, but I know that sometimes they include whether or not there was any repairs, any replacements. Oh, yeah. Um, the... and there are a lot of cars that have traveled a lot of distance, but mm-hmm. how much of it is original? Y- y- yes. I mean, we're, we're excluding the wearouts, like brakes, yeah. tires. But, right. Uh, you know, You're uh, talking like major so, pieces. So my dude, Mr. Gordon, has had the, uh, the P-1800. He... He said he never ignored odd noises, smells, or vibrations. 
changes the oil every 3,000 to 3,500 miles, which we suggest five now, um, and rebushes the carburetor every 900,000 miles. He rebushes the carburetor. Rebushings. I, that's what it says. Probably Re- bushings. Rebushes the carburetor. I'm reading directly out of Popular Mechanics. Um, I'm, I'm curious. Is is it is he American? Yeah. Okay, because it, it may be a foreign slang for rebuild. Yeah, most likely. Yeah, I think, I actually think, oh, no. The retired Patchco, New York science teacher made his first million miles in 1987, and celebrate Volvo celebrated by giving him a new 870 Bertone coupe, and he passed the two million mile in 2002, and the car was featured in the Times Square parade, and Volvo gave him a new C70, and then he continued to drive. <laughs> and he still wouldn't give it up. Exactly. No! <laughs> I would take the old one. I take the I'd old, take the old one. one all so day, funny. every day. By, by the way, just. Or FYI, it's pronounced Patchog. Patchog. That's yeah. such a it's such a weird name. I couldn't. I was having and a hard it, time getting the the syllables together. <laughs> counter on the other side is Catchog. Catchog. Oh, so there's two places: Patchog and Catchog. Long Island splits into a fork. Oh, oh. We, we learned that when we were up there one time. Oh, okay. Oh. My dad's so from it, Long Island. It doesn't really say specify whether he rebuilt anything. No, he um, he replaced the fuel pump, does the transmission fluid, and the ignition points get replaced every 25,000 miles. Um, he always keeps it clean by diligently washing off water, or winter salt and grime. He does not beat the car, driving the manual transmission coupe at moderate speeds and anticipating stops and hazards. So in this article in Popular Mechanics, he talked about he changed the brakes every 100,000 miles. Must have did a lot of highway driving. Yeah. And then, wow. and, and I think if I remember correctly, I read another article. He had a really long commute. Um, I think it was like 50 miles one way every day because mm. he was a school teacher. So he put that on the car too. And then he retired. So, um, and he driving gently allowed the car's clutch to last an amazing 450,000 miles. So he did cross the three, mi- three million mile mark in July of 13. So he really, he just, I mean. Loves his Volvo. He loved his Volvo. But then there's other ones like this uh, Chevy Silverado that had, um, the truck still has original engine and transmission, but the fuel injectors had been replaced. Um, And this gentleman, he said, if you're going to rack up a million miles, the couple says, go with the optional leather seats. Because I guess they're more comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) How about that? You know, a comment you you said about with Volvo, we looked at a Volvo years ago, and the price tag was more than our house. Oh, jeez. Really? I looked at that, and I said, wait a second. This is ridiculous. Well, it's good. Uh, Okay. Well, you know, that yeah. Volvo Volvo were the pioneers of um safety vehicles. So a lot of the times we think that Mercedes was always the pioneer for like cutting edge technology and that kind of stuff. But Volvo was the pioneer for the safest vehicle on the road. So that's kind of one of the things that they that they that sold a lot of vehicles for them was that safety, safety aspect. You know, before yeah. airbags and that kind of thing. I just wonder how well the Flintstones mobile would work. <laughs> Can I tell you? I'll, I'll tell you my Flintstone mobile car uh, story. I lived in California a bunch of years ago, and I was at a, a repair station, uh, and it was a gas station also. And a guy pulls up. Do you remember the old? 
Peugeot wagons, like the diesel ones with like the weird slant in the back. Yes. This is from the 70s. So this guy pulls up in one and it is wheezing. It's like, <gasps> pulling into the station. And he pulls in a little too far and he wants to back up. So he puts it in reverse and the whole vehicle kind of like uh, surged Shutters. and lurched. Yep. And then he opened the door and started pushing with his left leg to push it back to the to the gas pump that he wanted it so you know sometimes we have to flood fred flintstone our car you know it just it happens sometimes you know as far as the autonomous vehicles uh one of the things that i think about has to do with uh and you know there's two parts of it is the liability issue yeah you are in an autonomous vehicle who's responsible if it malfunctions right causes an accident the software company the vehicle that then there's an, another part of that. Uh, while everyone loves to uh, tell us about how great tech is, for mm-hmm. example, uh, the IRS wants us to do all our taxes online. Mm-hmm. It's safer. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I cannot imagine someone going around and rifling 100,000 mailboxes to get your personal information. <laughs> exactly. But yet you can do that with a single keystroke if you have the right program. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah. So... What happens if somebody slips a malicious program in the first time somebody gets in and they're drunk and it registers so the car drives drunk? You so, know, that's that's very true. So actually they're working on that already, Are that they? part of it. Yeah, okay. the security part. Mm-hmm. Um, we're starting to see that actually. Um, Chrysler started it what uh, last year. 2018, they started it. They put a a box in there called the Secure secure Gateway Module because back in 2015, somebody actually, yeah, they hacked it through Mm -hmm. the satellite receiver and actually took control and drove the Jeep forward and reverse with nobody in it. Started it and drove it forward and backward. So Jeep came out with a, Chrysler Jeep came out with a security module they put in place now. So when you like you can't go in and modify their software um essentially they shut the now we had we had a way to kind of get in with our scan tools the other way like kind of like through a backdoor channel and they've pretty much closed that down now if they see anybody got in anywhere on the network or that security module was disconnected they actually turn the keys off for the car oh they actually wipe the the car will actually wipe the key codes out, so you can't start it and drive it, and it has to go back to the dealership and be to get checked. Programmed. Yeah, wow. And when you hook a scan tool up to it with Chrysler, they actually will go and scan the whole car to be able to see if anybody did anything in there. That's crazy. So, That's good stuff. Yeah. Okay, so, but Randy, we, we do have to take a break. So thank you so much for your calls. I appreciate you feeding into both of our, both of our our uh, um, suggestions. So thank you very much. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. And we're going to take a quick break. We're back with more Idle Talk with Tom and Ashley from King's Auto Repair. Hello, we're back. This is Ashley. And Tom. We're King's Auto Repair with Idle Talk. Yep. 
<laughs> I'm just yep. trying to throw Ashley off her game. Yes, it works. I have to I have to watch him while I'm talking exactly. to see if he's going to like jump exactly. in Exactly. We had a lot of great calls today. These calls were fantastic. We didn't even get to the calls that yeah. are get to yeah. the uh, Ashley this. wants to talk about her her stuff, but I think the calls right. are great. It's okay. I think the calls are awesome. Yeah, they're really great and there are lots of good questions. And, yeah. and we are next week we're going to talk about since it's going to be a live show again. Yep. yep. Day after Christmas. Day after Christmas, it'll be Boxing Day. <laughs> if you're, we're gonna we're gonna be in here boxing. No, no, no. Put up your dukes. <laughs> hey, he's got the rib shot. He's been we waiting. Got it. It was I've the been first waiting. time. Excited. Yeah. It's so so. Fun. Noel's been waiting for that rib shot. <laughs> I've to had use my, it. Bu- my hand on the button the entire show. <laughs> <laughs> Just waiting, <He's> like, waiting. <laughs> poised, poised. <laughs> So we're going to talk about um, road trips because like the day after for Thanksgiving and Christmas, road trips are a big, big thing. Call us. We could talk about it. Road trips are super fun. Yeah. We've done a couple big ones. We've done some charity rallies. Yeah, we've done actually Don Humanix watching um, the, the guy. The guy who actually named the radio show uh-huh, he won re- the contest. Yep. He we actually met him years ago. Yeah, doing doing, doing the these rallies and rally North we, America. Yeah, and you know we've kind of we've known each other kind of as like acquaintances. Yeah, and you know it just happened to be kind of you know kind of odd yeah but, you know we we traveled around the country and did these tra- these charity rallies all over the place yeah so they're kind of well, fun they do a lot of them and they do charity rallies for um camp sunshine mm-hmm. and they do ms ones for ms yep i think the one this year's for ms i was looking at is it, it? yeah what is the so, name of their of i can't think don if you're watching um text us on the facebook live and tell us the name of the ms um it's like on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> yep. It's on the tip of my tongue. So. Um, anyway, so we'll talk about road trips and crazy fun things yeah. that you learned on a road trip and where you went. I mean, there's people doing road trips all the way down mm-hmm. down um, Central America, down into yeah. um, which are you get the people that drive all over the world. Yeah, and there's a guy. I know there was a guy who had um, no. You McGregor did it. You McGregor. I think he did a long road trip on a BMW. Yeah, motorcycle. motorcycle. Yeah, that's which a popular is thing. Really, really cool. And there was a lady. There I'd was love a lady. To do that. <laughs> it's, it terrifies me. I would love to do it. There It'd was be a, fun. There was a lady that they profiled. A young woman. She's an artist, and she was going to go on a on a road trip with her then boyfriend, and they split. She said, "Well, I'm just doing this stuff myself." And she went, and um, she went. I think she got as far as like Panama. I don't remember, but she was like, just like, I'm doing yeah. this. I'm going to get on my motorcycle. And I'm going to go. It's great. Yeah. I think it's awesome. awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I consider myself invent the globe. Yeah. I mean, I consider myself a really pretty adventurous person, but I don't know if I'd be that adventurous to be like <laughs> completely, you know, self-reliant and like, I can't fix anything. So if something broke, I mean, I'd be at the will of anyone. I mean, I'd be like, be like the Top Gear guys going in Vietnam doing that road trip. Oh, and the motorcycle. Oh, the motorcycles. Yeah, and the mopeds. <laughs> Clarkson the mopeds. Yeah. Ride a motor. Riding didn't know how to around Vietnam. Yeah. So, that I mean. That like fun. That looked like a lot of fun. So, so anyway, we're going to be talking about that and, you know, always call in because we want to hear about not just road trips. We can talk about anything you want, um, but we're coming to the end of the show, so we can't take any more calls for now. Um, but. What else? What else can we talk about? Um, actually, I found out something new. Uh oh. 
Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to surprise you here. Tommy found a new thing. That's right. So, in <laughs> uh, you know, I take this broadcast and I repurpose it into a into a podcast. Uh-huh. So you can say on your smartphone or look us up and mm-hmm. and and look this pot or this radio show up and listen to it again mm-hmm. if you heard something you liked or last week uh if you were listening to last week's show, you know, we were talking and goofing around and having a good time. So I, uh, Tom, I cut I was, some par- parts out of that. We were playing it today in the office and I was laughing at myself. I am so funny. <laughs> but I'm bumped. <laughs> so, okay, wasn't ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you know, I'm, I'm so funny. I pause like watching Noel. So, it's like, okay, okay, okay. Anyway. So, anyway, anyway, if you have a smart speaker, you can now say, Hey Alexa, play Idle Talk Radio on Apple Podcasts. And we are on Podbean too. Yeah, so you just look that's us up. where it's hosted. Yep, hosted on Podbean, and then we're also on um, the uh, the Apple. Yep, Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Yep. So I haven't got it onto Google yet. Google yet. That's a whole other realm of things. We'll we'll get there eventually. I mean, we're only what six episodes episodes into yeah. this, so we're having a good time just figuring stuff out. And everyone's so gracious when they call and listen to yep. us and laugh with us and and uh everyone's listening along and and uh wanting to call in so um what's our time to well well got 15 seconds 10 seconds 10 seconds well, well thank you everybody and we'll see you back here next week thank you so much have a good good weekend